This podcast is for those of you who want to start or grow your business. You inhale everything you can about improving your mindset and may even have the action plan, but what's getting in your way every time? It's those damn human emotions. I'm Jessica McKinley, life coach for millennial entrepreneurs and your host of the What's Happening podcast. Hello, Hapsters. Specifically, hello to Casey. (laughs) I just, I know there's actually probably more than one Casey that listens to this podcast, but specifically one Casey has been teasing me about how she sometimes doesn't even care about what I'm talking about on the show, but my podcast voice is so therapeutic that she can't turn it off, (laughs) which I appreciate. And if that's why you're here, here's the voice. Um, but yes, we're going to start off this episode before we dive in. This is a really good one, by the way, if I do say so myself, um, this topic, I'm really excited. I've teasered it a couple of times in past episodes that I'm going to do a full episode on this concept, curriculum thinking. But before we do that, I want to celebrate the hapster of the week where, you know, it's celebration last week when I talked to you, I was 32. Now I'm 33. Yep, birthday week. And we're not just celebrating my birthday, we're celebrating Hapster. And this week's Hapster of the Week is Joanna Lambert. Joanna is owner of Rising Cosmos Collection. And this week, she her Etsy named her a top shop for gifts. And as of three days ago, she was a handful of orders away from 100 items sold. And I happen to know that my assistant just bought uh, two items from her uh, shop this morning. So if she's not at 100, I'd be shocked. But you guys, if she's not there yet, let's get her to 200. Um, I'm just so proud this business was born in November, I believe. And she's just been go, go, go. And she does what I tell her to do. She shows up. She's willing to feel those negative emotions. And it's really amazing. Rising Customs Collection is um, she sells gemstone jewelry and essential oil zodiac candles amongst a couple of other uh, new bundle goodies. And it's for the dreamers, the truth seekers, and the forces to be reckoned with. I'm so proud of your perseverance, Joanna. I know when we shout out these milestones, I always like to remind people that I get all of the behind the scenes stuff. And as we know, as listeners, most of you guys are entrepreneurs yourself, you know it's a roller coaster. And in order to get any amount of success, your capacity for success is only inclusive, must be inclusive of your willingness and capacity to fail. And she's collected quite a few of those in her first months. And I just, I, my hat's off to you because to me, the quicker you can fail and, and bounce back, um, the quicker you're going to get to your goals. So Take a note out of Joanna's book, show up, collect the fails, feel the feels, let it all be there, show up to coaching, get your mind right, and keep taking action, okay? Just go through model after model after model, thought, feeling, action, result, thought, feeling, action, result, and keep doing it. And as you know, as entrepreneurs, we inevitably collect um, all those fails and uh, when we take a lot of action in our first year, especially in business. But how do you beat a girl that won't quit? You can't. So way to go, Joanna. Super, super proud of you. I'm getting ready to actually head to Miami after an action-packed week. Like I said, I turned 33. 
I had my highest earning week in my career. So fun. But most importantly, um, I had more free mini sessions than ever before. A couple of you guys signed up straight from the podcast, so I'm loving that. If it is you and you've been listening and you're just thinking about it, go right now. Not if you're driving or in the shower, but other than that, no excuse. Turn off the faucet if you're doing your dishes. Stop holding your laundry. Go to my Instagram or go to my website, whatshappening.com, and set up a mini session right now. It is free and there's no downside. Don't worry. I don't pitch you. I just tell you what is what. We coach like an actual coaching session and then you decide whether it's a good fit for you on your own terms and I love doing these coaching sessions so it's my favorite part of my week so keep them coming okay also finally I just wanted to welcome the newest hapsters since a lot of those mini sessions did turn into new clients so welcome to hapster susan hapster emily jade candace and danielle and soon to be brianna um really excited all of these these clients are completely different uh they have completely different careers one is an attorney she runs her own practice another is a web designer another is a life coach with a completely different niche from me another one um is a clean skin and hair product developer and another one is an are you ready for this eco-friendly art tent product developer and ceo i mean how fun is that aren't women amazing aren't they amazing remember when we were expected to exclusively be wives and moms the world must have been just so boring we need these ideas we need your ideas But in the beginning, it's easy to, in the beginning of the business, it's easy to look out there at the market, at your competition, doing air quotes, sometimes I forget you guys can't see me, Uh, at your competition and think, who do I think I am? To be inspired by the titans of your industry and think, my work isn't special or unique enough yet right? That's even a dangerous thought when you throw the yet in there. You're like, no, no, no. I think I'm worthy. You just need to do more research. I need to do more studying. I need to do more practicing by myself without putting it out there, right? That even our proven success is a result. Even if you have proven success in the beginning of your business, you think it's a result of you tricking or deceiving others into thinking that we're smarter or more capable or more talented than we actually are. When you get imposter syndrome, And I've experienced this too. The life coaching industry is really taking off. And so many of my ideas and concepts, especially in my first year in business, were completely inspired by the work of coaches that I was studying and reading and listening to. Brooke Castillo still uh, influences my work. Jack Canfield, Brennan Burchard, Nicole Walters. That's just to name a couple from my first year when I was really creating content. I was doing my learning like I did in school. I was studying personal development. I was researching the practices and the concepts of the quote unquote experts. Essentially, I was looking outside of myself always, outside of my brain for all of the answers because, well, what do I know, right? Well, only partly right. (laughs) The industry leaders did get there somehow and yes, success leaves clues. 
which ironically is actually a Jack Canfield principle from <laughs> Success Principles, which I still am inspired by and talk to my clients about. And there's no need to reinvent the wheel everywhere, right? There, Yes, there is a time for consumption and trainings and education, but there is a whole other 50% at least, if not more like 60% to our learning and becoming experts. It's all of that lives in our model, right? Our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and our results. And the truth is, is that even when in the beginning, if most of your thoughts are inspired, as like still I have all inspired thoughts, but now a lot of my inspiration is coming from the context of the practice that I'm getting in my business. I'm inspired by my clients, right? Rather than other experts that are coaching. And yes, I'm still inspired by other experts and other coaches and my own coaches. But we we can take that inspired thinking and we can feel fuel you can give yourself permission to feel fuel and go out there and take action and through that action then repeat the process and look at your thoughts within the action analyze what's happening what's coming up right even if you don't have any clients get some free clients right people will be coached for free and again i'm saying this as if i'm talking to other people that do what i do but The truth is it doesn't matter if you have a product business or a service business, right? You need to be willing to put things out there in order to start to hone your craft as an artist, you know, a singer or a, uh, you know, a painter or someone who has physical products. Like you're only going to know what your style is when you start to do it more and more often. It will evolve and it will emerge and you You can't do that by studying people, figure out what your style is, right? So the action you take in the context of your experiences, like I said, with clients, communicating concepts and experimenting with ways of doing things will be what shapes your intellectual property or your actual physical products. And then the energy with which you market and sell your ideas and interact with your clients will naturally carve out your particular brand. For whatever reason, some people are like, I need to figure out my um, my products and my whole business plan and my intellectual pro- property and my brand before I have a business. And I'm like, this makes no sense. These are things that come about in the process and in the action of the business. But what I do get is that a lot of us don't wanna take that action because of the imposter syndrome, right? But the ultimate killer of imposter syndrome is when you start flipping your brain inside out. I just came up with that on the spot, but what I mean is when not just what you think, but how you think starts to actually materialize in the form of products and services. Introducing curriculum thinking. I really wish I had like some theme music right there, but that works, right? The process, curriculum thinking, this is how I've, how I've uh, defined it. Curriculum thinking is the process of analyzing your thoughts to the, process, to the end result. So from the journey, from your thought to your feeling, to your actions and results, the process of analyzing that for the purpose of creating a duplicatable course or training. 
we've been sold on the value of action plans, right? We buy in. We will pay for a how-to-do. But if you're a fan of the show, you've already been given countless evidence to why the perfect A-line or action plan, it means shit if you don't have the thoughts and feelings as fuel to support it. Thoughts are queen. In my notes, I had thoughts are king, and then I crossed it out and wrote queen. (laughs) They have all the power. So in my mind, my programs and coaching and courses are double the value of any of those action plans out there, even if the action plan is being taught by an expert in the field. Because I tell you what I do and or what I did, and I tell you the feelings I feel that action with, and I give you I give you the thought I use to create the results. It's the thought, right? Or thoughts, usually. Since defining curriculum thinking and realizing how amazing this process is for creating limitless content, not just for the podcast, but for within happening sessions and with my clients and for future courses, it just feels like endless ideas. And establishing myself as a thought leader, right? These unique, it's helped me to come up with unique uh, or feel unique because what is out there a lot, what I'm comparing myself to is these other action plans or these other actions. But what you don't see out there is what, how other people are thinking. So teaching that you've got way less competition. It's such a quick way. Nobody thinks like you. Such a quick way to establish yourself as a thought leader and to kill imposter syndrome. Okay, I've become addicted to curriculum thinking. I can't turn it off. Every time I do anything, even basic things, I'm wondering what other people think doing those basic things that's guiding their actions. For example, I recently was talking to a girl and she said that when she's driving, she drives with the intention of not getting a ticket. I was like, what? I was like, so when you're driving, you're thinking about going a certain speed or, or driving a certain way so that you don't get a ticket? I was like, oh my God, like that must be such a paralyzing way to drive. It just me- must be like a thought. I don't want this to happen so that I'm going to show up this way. Like, it's usually a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> and you get a ticket. Um, but I just was like, wow, it's just such a good example of why we need to question everything that we're doing. I have some examples in myself of how I didn't realize until someone else pointed out the way they think about something that that was even an option to think that. It's so fun. So I came up with a couple of questions to ask that I ask myself when I'm doing curriculum thinking and I'm trying to turn something that I do or a way that I think about something into um, a digestible way for my clients to absorb it and then create the same results, right? So number one is how could I, how could this thought be simplified? So thoughts are really just sentences made up of words and each word affects the feeling that it, it, it creates a feeling and it affects the feeling behind it. So we want to be really mindful and simple in the sentences that we're using in our brain, but definitely in the sentences that we're using in our courses, right? So um, I am very attracted to uh, to mentors that 
simplify everything. Like I don't need pages and pages of documents. I don't need wordy explanations. Like I just want a one sentence explanation of how to think about this. And my coach Brooke is incredible at doing that. Everything's very simple. And um, I think it gave me permission too to realize, oh wow, like you can have such an incredible impact on your clients, a bigger impact by simplifying. Um, so I think, for example, like you could do simplify the sentence in your brain. I think people really love working with me Two, people love working with me. Notice both are thoughts. So by thinking, I think people really love working with me, you're not emphasizing the point that it's a thought. You're actually diminishing the feeling that you feel when you think about how people feel about working about you, working with you. Does that make sense, right? People love working with me. That feels very different and cleaner and clearer than I think people really love working with me. Just two words, edit it out. So much nicer, so much more confident. The feeling is different, okay? I um, A second question I ask is, how can I think about this in a way that makes this problem more digestible? <clears throat> so when I'm creating a course, I think, Okay, I need to break it down. So we have the very clear result that people will get when they either take a course or they sign up for coaching with me or the goal of a theme in happening sessions, like what I want them to get. We have a clear result. And then, of course, everybody is looking for an action plan. So we make um, everything very actionable, which I think is also missing from some of the other personal development leaders where everything is about thought and people are like cool cool I have this concept that's amazing how do I action it right so just to get the wheels turning so then we create some action items and then we talk about the feelings what type of feelings do I need to feel I teach a masterclass called selling mastery energy over information and it explains my sales process all the way through from my thoughts to my feelings, to my actions, to the result of people buying. And people tell me it's the missing information that they felt they always differentiated experts from them because the experts were telling them what to say and what to do in sales. But the experts were not telling them that when you bombard people with information without the proper fuel of emotions and if you haven't gotten and listened to the episode selling fuel go back and listen to that one if you are interested in sales I have like three or four episodes on sales specifically Um, but we talk about energy over information it's really important and I talk about the thoughts that I'm thinking that allow me to show up in a very casual way regardless of how much money the person's about to be investing in me and Uh, my deadlines or any of that right I have the proper thoughts backing it up and I think that whatever result we're trying to create the difference between an expert is like the expert has the thoughts that are working obviously because they have the results but if they're just sharing the action plan with you and they're not sharing what they were feeling or what thought they were thinking that makes it so easy for them to do that you're going to completely fail with their plan it's worthless to you right okay Question number three is, am I leaving loopholes for my primitive brain? (laughs) So in scheduling, the hapster scheduling that I teach um, my clients, the process includes checkpoints for them to leave no room 
for their brain to not follow through. By calling out the feeling that they're going to feel when they get to that thing that they plan. So for example, if you if you plan to clean out the back of your car at 3 p.m. on Saturday, by me doing a little bit of teaching about the brain and about what's going to happen and what you're going to likely feel or what you can expect you could possibly feel when you get to 3 p.m. It's because you're thinking with a different part of your brain than you were using when you planned prefrontal cortex versus your brain stem, your primitive brain. You are likely not going to feel like doing it. And then because they understand the feelings aspect of it and we talk about certain thoughts that we can use to kind of get you to neutral so you could take this action. When we talk about the thoughts and the feelings part, then when the feelings come up, they don't make it a problem, right? They don't use it as an excuse to not follow through or to blame themselves and say, there must be something wrong with me because I keep not following through. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course you're not following through because you your feelings are, right? If you're not taking this action, it's because of what you were feeling. And nobody had ever taught them that before. So they're like, oh, that makes so much sense, right? So Curriculum thinking is about analyzing the whole process of getting results, not just the thoughts and not just the action, but the whole enchilada, right? The thoughts, feelings, actions to results. Use this. Tell me what normal thing that you do best, (laughs) thoughts through results, and then sell me on it. Like come, seriously, come to my Instagram, share an Instagram story of this episode and be like, you know what? I would love to sell you a program on washing your hands. (laughs) COVID actually made me realize that I never knew how to properly wash my hands my whole life. So there's a market for everything. Um, going to Miami tomorrow. I love you guys so much. I am one client away from a wait list. So if that's you, you better hop into my DMs and let's talk. Otherwise, if you're not really sure yet, still set up a mini session and you can always jump into group coaching. It is the best. The hapsters are the best. The environment is the best. You cannot, this affects every area of your life, not just business. It is the best investment I make every month in in coaching. So I'm going to get my soapbox now and I'm going to go to Miami. Well, actually, I'm going to go and hang out with my son and eat some uh, Thai food. But uh, then I'm going to Miami. Love you guys. Have a beautiful weekend.